Hello and welcome to Beckett Talks, the new podcast from Leeds Beckett University. In these podcasts, we'll be showcasing our diverse community of students and academics, touching on the important themes that surround universities today. And it's time for Beckett Talks Research. I'm Dee Grismond, and each week I will be showcasing the interesting and innovative research community here at Leeds Beckett as part of this podcast series. And this week we are joined in the studio by Dr Oliver Bray, Director of Arts at the Leeds School of Arts based here at Leeds Beckett University. His current research interests include speech making and the art of the rhetoric in the post-truth world. And he has recently done a TEDx talk here at Leeds Beckett University, which we're going to talk a little bit about in today's podcast. Oliver's well-respected performance and live art practice has toured nationally and internationally. And we're hoping to hear a little bit about that today as well. Please welcome to the studio, Dr. Oliver Bray. So, Tell me a little bit about the area of research that you specialise in. Well, I come from a performance background and my research interests are around speaking, speech making, oratory, uh, rhetoric uh, and different kinds of public speaking. Uh, I'm interested in how different uh, variables and environmental factors can influence uh, the speeching body. Uh, and how that can change perception for audiences. At the moment, I'm particularly interested in uh, how meaning is transmitted through speech making and how that can change either through duration um, or the kind of environment that's being um, spoken within. Um, I'm interested particularly in how uh, the notion of truth becomes problematized in contemporary speech making. Can you go into just a little bit more detail about your research and your own thinking about speech making in today's world. So speech making in oratory has a history um, uh, of very high regard um, uh, right from ancient times. <clears throat> so in Roman history, um, in ancient Rome, the, the orator was um, upheld as an extremely important figure. Being able to speak well uh, was heralded above um, many, many things uh, to the point where Uh, It was considered, uh, if you were somebody who could speak well, you were considered as somebody who couldn't possibly lie. And I like to think about the relationship of that now to people who speak well now. Uh, The particular levels and layers of media training uh, that, for example, politicians go through in speech preparation and their ability to answer questions. Um, And I think it's a generally acknowledged consensus now that um, the contemporary audience doesn't believe everything they hear. Um, So that changes... um, uh, what uh, the speech means, I suppose. Uh, I like to think about that in comparison to the difference between speaking um, and noise and communication. So what do you see is the difference between speech making and communication? Human beings are the only uh, animal that speaks, but of course we're not the only animal that communicate. And there's a point where um, speech might uh, and speech making might descend into noise into kind of environmental factors and, and, and that speaking might turn into uh, a different kind of sound. Um, and that sound is, um, it reminds me of, uh, uh, of the work of Kurt Schwitters, who was a sound poet um, uh, and artist and uh, an absurdist and uh, post-structuralist and, uh, and lots of other things um, that were exciting in, in 20th century um, Europe. And he produced a, uh, 
a kind of seminal sound poem called the Ursonata, which is this extraordinary um, uh, symphony of sound and noise, uh, which involves uh, uh, speaking this uh, very strange non-language. It's not, it's not German, it's not English, it's not a recognisable language, but it's recognisable as some kind of language. And through that kind of strange um, sets of repetitive noises, meaning emerges. And this reminds me a little bit of, uh, of what a speech uh, can become. And I like to think about, on the one hand, how something that doesn't have uh, a clear sense that doesn't necessarily mean anything in particular can be extremely meaningful and at the same time words uh, which we hear in our kind of contemporary political environment can be very well-intentioned or can appear extremely meaningful but might lack ultimately the credibility of meaning. That's incredibly interesting Oliver but can you elaborate slightly on what you mean by that? Speech making is extremely powerful it's like listening to a piece of music. Hearing somebody speak well sends a shiver down your spine, gives you a feeling which is not describable in language, actually. When you're being spoken to in a way uh, where somebody is looking you in the eye and telling you the truth, it's extraordinarily powerful. And that's why we see the proliferation of these kinds of events, I think, in contemporary culture where we see politicians debating or speaking a lot. Uh, and, uh, and we have that, uh, you know, we have a kind of way of, of, of transmitting that media very readily. Um, but there is also a great cynicism um, that, f that, that means that not that, uh, that we don't want to hear that what we think is true or that we don't want to hear speeches, but we have an inherent distrust of them, um, that they become background noise to a political campaign, that they, you know that the, the things that are going to be said to you as an audience uh, leading up, for example, to an election. You're aware of that. You're cynical of it. So do you think that makes the audiences less likely to believe what they hear? Does this lead uh, audiences to interrogate and to be more sceptical? Yes, it does. But it also leaves room, and this is where I'm interested, in the power for a different kind of performance to illuminate that deceit, to really throw up how uh, empty, potentially, those, those words which feel like they should be so powerful, um, sitting against something which is so, um, so much more musical, so much noisier and messier. Without getting too political or mentioning any specific politicians, could you talk a little bit more about the power of speech making and how it is used? If you actually believed the words that you're told, the words that you hear in speeches, your life's going to become better. I care about you. These are very powerful things to say. But the proliferation of the same message coming from a vast array of different people with not perhaps any significant action that legitimises them makes an audience sceptical and it makes them cynical. And actually they might want their meaning from somewhere else. They might want their meaning from a different kind of sound. And I think that performance practice, sound poetry and the placing of this uh, playful sound and noise language against the stark um, reality of the kind of post-truth politician just serves to highlight how the balance might have tipped slightly or tipped a lot in favour of uh, 
uh, a more fragmented idea of truth, um, uh, the illumination of the distrust of our political leaders um, and representatives and, uh, and uh, a contemporary audience searching for meaning somewhere else. The Leeds School of Arts is united by a common goal to encourage individuality, to inspire creativity and to create impact. They have an exciting and experimental approach to contemporary creative practice and aim to give all students the confidence, curiosity and commitment to thrive at university and beyond. With a history that spans over 170 years, the Leeds School of Arts has over 40 courses in subjects ranging from architecture and landscape, creative technology, art and design, through to fashion, film, music and performing arts. So, if any of these subjects interest you, whether you're starting out on your educational journey or wishing to progress professionally, go to leedsbeckett.ac.uk forward slash LSA for more information. And now we're back in the studio with Dr. Oliver Bray talking about speech making in a post-truth world. So it was really exciting that recently we had um, a TEDx talk at Leeds Beckett University and you were involved in that. So the theme of my TEDx talk is an introduction uh, into the importance of speech making very briefly in the first instance uh, and how in, uh, in contemporary culture the integrity of the speech maker may have become eroded um, from um, the, the, the ancient hero of, of ancient Rome um, and, and great Roman orators like Quintilian talking about the institutes of oratory, the importance of oratory as a, um, as a vehicle for truth and how over time that might have become eroded to the point where we have now ended up with politicians um, who are received cynically uh, by contemporary audiences um, who are saying all the right things uh, but there's no real sense that they're being believed. And I like to set the examples of that oratory against uh, the experimental poetry um, of Kurt Schwitters, who wrote an extraordinary sound poem, uh, and one really the seminal sound poem of the time, and still now uh, called The Ursonata. And all I deliver, uh, and I have a performance uh, piece where I deliver The Ursonata, but cut into The Ursonata are examples of contemporary um, rhetoric and oratory uh, from our, our leaders, our world leaders. And placing uh, those examples within the, uh, the more absurd frame of the Schwitter's poem uh, throws perhaps into relief where we might get our meaning from um, uh, when we hear it. How we communicate is not just about the right words and the right kind of delivery, um, but meaning might be something a bit different, something that we need to grasp from different places. And communication uh, is not just anymore about speaking well. So if we think about how our world is changing, you mentioned before there was the hero who was the speech maker and everybody believed him because he gave the speeches. Whereas now we have this cynicism coming in because we see speeches all the time and we don't necessarily believe what people are telling us. What's the next step? Where is speech making going in the future? So we may have arrived at a point uh, where audiences are aware of the theatricality, of the performative nature of our, um, our leaders and how they might deliver their speeches, how they might deliver their, um, their promises. Um, but the cynicism and the scepticism of the contemporary audience um, uh, 
now throws into dispute uh, whether this is the right vehicle anymore for uh, whether speech making indeed holds the same value that it might once have done both in ancient times or or even over the last hundred years or so by placing those speeches in a in a frame where they are highlighted as just being other noise and other sounds it might be that audiences go or desire one of two things one to to, to need to see real action um, that uh, backs up the promises of the rhetoric and the oratory. So is it the idea that we don't necessarily lie, but we're not telling the truth either? There might be political factions who have hijacked a kind of postmodern philosophy of fragmented truth, of individualist truth, and that may have turned into a, a populist version of truth, which some might call a post-truth. Um, which is the denial of a universal truth in the same way that um, you know, exponents of, of postmodernism have been talking about that notion for a long time. Has it pervaded now to a populist platform so that it's not about calling out the, um, the lack of, of, of truth or action attributed to what people are saying they're going to do, but instead is an acknowledgement that my truth isn't yours anymore. Um, we don't have to think the same thing is true. And I think that that's simultaneously an extremely exciting and potentially extremely dangerous future. So tell me a little bit about how your research, your teaching, your performance and now this TEDx talk all feed into each other. Contemporary audiences have a really good grasp of media trained politicians delivering speeches that ultimately they may not be held account to uh, the content of. Um, and that distrust, that understanding of performance is really only illuminated when we put examples of that oratory next to something which really doesn't even try to communicate in that very particular um, and, and well-rehearsed way. I like to put the absurdity of contemporary oratory and rhetoric of our politicians next to the absurdity of performed noise and non-language to see actually that it might be the latter of those two things that ultimately holds the most meaning. And how do you think your TEDx talk will support your research? TEDx is an opportunity to share some of the thoughts and, and findings of my own research to a, to a wider audience in a really concise way. There is an interesting parallel between a talk which lasts exactly 18 minutes and the content of that is about delivering uh, speeches and, and the problems and, uh, uh, and, uh, and idiosyncrasies of, of, of contemporary speech making. There's a slight, uh, there's an interesting parallel between um, the idea of a TED talk and speech making and, its, uh, and the problems associated, associated with it. TED talks are about experts delivering their, um, their findings on a particular uh, subject or topic or area. Um, and speech making is about communicating a particular message to a particular set of people. Um, in order to then inspire them into action. This is perlocutionary speech, or speech which makes somebody go and do something, um, in the same way that it's performative speech, or uh, a speech utterance, um, according to J.L. Austin, uh, which is about speaking leading to a kind of action. 
So there's a similarity between the, uh, the notion that speech can change things, um, uh, either politically um, or artistically, um, and the vehicle of TEDx in order to communicate that. I think it's interesting that bit you said about TEDx talks being seen or perceived as experts in their fields. You know, the idea of a TED or TEDx talk is that it's a, an expert presenting. Um, and of course, in a kind of populist post-truth era, we're seeing uh, the descent of the expert in um, the elimination of the trust of the expert uh, being replaced with a kind of a more populist agenda of, of, um, of, of wider consensus being perhaps holding more value, value than that. Um, so I see TEDx as a sort of a bastion perhaps for actual truth in a sea of, uh, of, of problematic um, post-truth speakers. And finally, what key message do you want the audience from your TED Talk to take away with them? I'd like audiences to my talk to consider um, that communication stretches perhaps beyond um, the contemporary speech maker who is well rehearsed and able to present um, uh, themselves verbally in a very, very uh, charismatic and earnest way. But perhaps communication is a little broader than that and perhaps meaning is more complicated uh, than just believing everything we hear. Thank you, Dr. Oliver Bray. That was really interesting. And I could have asked you a lot more questions if we'd had a little bit more time. And if you're interested in watching Dr. Oliver Bray's TEDx talk, please head over to the Leeds Beckett YouTube channel where you can watch it there or search for him on the TEDx channel. Thanks so much. The Beckett Talk podcasts are released every Tuesday. So don't forget to check our social media channels on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook to find out more details on our next episode. See you next week. Today, Leeds Beckett Research Community is delivering innovative, multidisciplinary research, helping to address some of the most pressing challenges we face today. Across a range of disciplines, our researchers are striving to improve quality of life, equality, and the environment around us. We are dedicated to making a difference and our research pages showcase the real world impact taking place at the university. You can find out more at leedsbeckett.ac.uk forward slash transform. And if you've enjoyed hearing about the research at Leeds Beckett University, subscribe to our channel and listen out for more of our Beckett Talks research podcasts. 